0: Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, Sunny's guest is an expert in the mind-body healing area, Amy B. Share. The two of them will be discussing about her latest book, released today as a matter of fact, entitled How to Heal Yourself from Anxiety When No One Else Can. So you'll want to tune in to learn about Amy's revolutionary new approach to what causes anxiety and how to heal from it. And now I welcome your host for the day, Sunny Joy.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, attorney-turned-life coach, Sunny Joy McMillan. And we are here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKW. Bringing you amazing coaches, teachers, authors, and healers who are on a mission to encourage you, inspire you, and give you tools to live a life filled with peace, joy, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. Uh, If you can't catch the show live, you can always access those show archives. Those are found at 1150kknw.com. You can find out more about me and connect with me for coaching or find out about my business and practice by going to my website, which is goldenoversoul.com. And one housekeeping or event thing that I wanted to mention before we dive in today. Um, So let's see, February 15th through 17th, that's next weekend, is the 27th annual Women of Wisdom Conference. Um, And It is one of the longest running uh, women's spirituality conferences out there. I mean, they've been going since 1993, and they've been providing um, a very unique um, and intimate setting for women to really create lasting change in their lives. And then, of course, out into the world, those ripple effects. Um, So I'm really honored uh, to be included again in this year's lineup. I presented last year at the conference, and this year I am Uh, debuting in a workshop format, because I've done this with individual clients so far, but this has been a passion project of mine for several years. Uh, And my workshop is called Soul Digger, Seeking the Gold That Comes from Your Soul. And it's really about, uh, this is based on a Martha Beck quote that I thought just really epitomizes what what I'm trying to do here is being brave enough to turn away from the shiny objects and turn toward the light that makes them shine, and I love shiny objects uh, as much as the next person. I think we're here in a human body having a human experience to get to enjoy the shiny objects. However, it just made me smile real fast. It's like squirrel. What? Oh That's yes, there's thing. that too. No, <laughs> yeah, there are right. there. Actually, it goes <laughs> all. Both it applies of- to all of that. <laughs> A
0: squirrel wearing diamonds. I yes, mean, that's there you exactly go. Right.
1: Did you see that? <laughs> Do you still have your squirrel underpants in here? They are me? around
0: somewhere, by the way. <laughs>
1: yeah. At one point, for, there were know. squirrel underpants in yeah. here. Whatever they that really
0: is. make them, everybody.
1: Yeah, we've got some little squirrels that might like those.
0: Both male house. and female, by the way, oh, gender specific. Nice. They are.
1: Oh. Well, you didn't event, know that I did not. I had I both thought pair yours... here. For, yeah, no, I thought were. you only had the male
0: underpants New. here. New. I had to even things out.
1: Well, there goes the shiny object that just like me what, what we're talking ma- about. Oh yeah, the workshop. Some really <laughs> mad female squirrels for a minute. They're like, why <laughs> right. don't we have our own? Well, I'm glad they got that equally. Yeah, uh, got taken care of. Okay, <laughs> so anyway, shiny objects, whether they be squirrels or um, the more you know um, things of this world, like a certain amount of money in your bank account, the certain amount of education you feel like you need, the certain perfect relationship you think will make you whole. Whatever the shiny object is, um, I don't have a problem with the shiny objects, um, but in my own life, it became a problem when it became a distraction uh, from what was really important and the values that really matter to me. And when it became a substitute for my worth, which I feel like is now based, was always based this way, but I didn't really know to recognize it as such that. I am magnificent as a spiritual being, and that's what matters, not all the other stuff. So we're going to be diving into how to live a soul digger life where um, you are really mining the gold that comes from your soul and not from the other places so that you have a solid foundation so that you can enjoy the shiny objects but not get distracted or, you know, substitute them for your self-worth. So that will be February 15th through 17th um, here in Seattle. You can go to womenofwisdom.org. That's WomenOfWisdom.org to register to find out more, and it's going to be several days of wonderful workshops offered by a variety of uh, women who are some local to Seattle, and I think we've got some coming in from elsewhere. And then, of course, the the meal, t- excuse me, the meal times and all the other times, there are going to be wonderful things like chanting and singing, dancing. Um, I know there are a variety of things to choose from. The meals are wonderful. I think there's even a theatrical performance on Friday night. So just go to womenofwisdom.org and you can check out all of the offerings uh, that you can choose from. Um, so, oh, Benny, I want to check in with you, too. Oh, I'm totally good. Yeah. How did you do? I've wondered because, so in Seattle, if you aren't in Seattle and you're listening, we had... snow again. Yes. Or snowpocalypse. How it, Whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I was... A, I don't believe it. I stopped by the co-op last night to get, you know, just a few snacks because I thought, well, oh yeah, if it snows, because I actually hit some ice earlier this week and landed in the snow in my car. Um, she's I'm, good everybody, she's fine. Yes, I'm fine, my she's car is fine, fine. some good. angels of Dot or Seattle Department of Transportation Aww. workers happened upon me on their lunch hour. For them and yes, round of good for seriously. them seriously, they Helping were just out. damsel in distress <laughs> Yes. And there also was a man in a truck in distress as well. So, oh, wow. <laughs> But they helped us both out. They dug us out, put salt all around, and we were able to escape. So anyway, I will not be doing that again, but I was thinking of you, Benny, because what do you do in live radio when these things happen and you have to get in from written?
0: Well, that's the good part. I'm not far from the studios. That's mm-hmm. a bonus why I mm-hmm. do love my job and I like mm-hmm. being here. And I have stayed here overnights, so to okay. take care of things. And, yeah, Well, you know, it happens, you know, and it's just part of the job. It's what I've just, you know, kind of Signed up for so, and I like it, you know. Yeah, well, I, I'd rather not sleep next door because then I have to battle with the other people that work here. Oh, no, you know, personal space and all. So, exactly, <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, I don't mind it at all. like I said, I like it. And, um, yeah, the, it, the show must go on, it right? does
1: go on. Yeah, Sunny well. has to stay
0: bright and sunny every day. Yeah, <laughs> so we got to keep her show going <laughs> only one day a week. <laughs> wow, well, in other people's world, come go. on, seven days a week. There's <laughs> Sunny. I'm trying to look ahead. For, that's how
1: it works. Well, thanks, Vinny. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, okay. So anything else exciting happening? Uh
0: no, not really. Uh, S- uh Super Bowl to Stupid Bowl was last week. No one oh, really cares Lord. so much now. Uh, we've moved forward to uh, yeah, the snow this week. Everyone's kind of, you know, doing their thing and yeah. getting prepared. I did see a whole bunch of stuff like it, it is pa- cause a little bit of a panic in the Seattle well. area, and I think it's a little bit over the top
1: it is but i get now personally like <laughs> no. i don't want to get out in it knowing what happened to me earlier this week so i just wanted to have you know some snacks not like i was buying all the water in the store because i think it really is there, the apocalypse there's some
0: good photos floating around on the internet uh from actually a couple co-workers were uh their pictures have been trending oh yeah from like in fred meyer and the lines are like out the oh, door yeah. and the, the bread racks are gone yes. and there's no milk and everything i'm like Really, people like it's only gonna be a couple inches. Like I know. we're not gonna be that bad, but apparently we just still uh, can't handle it. Well, around here.
1: that happened. Yeah, when I stopped last night at the co-op, and but it's funny because I'm at the <laughs> co-op, and so instead of the bread aisles being out, all of the kale was gone. Like and right, all of the that's... vegetables were gone. <laughs> No. Save the kill. <laughs> Get it while you so, can. Anyway, well, we'll be prepared. We'll debrief next week after. Yeah, we make that, it yeah, group. exactly. Yeah.
0: May I, I mean, I'll probably be here. Maybe I'll have to phone in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> perhaps. We'll all work it out. Yes. Well. Anyway. Okay. So mm-hmm. I'm so excited, you guys, because we are welcoming back to the show today, Amy B. Share. Uh, she was on not too long ago for the memoir that she wrote uh, called "This Is How I Save My Life." And uh, we just had such an awesome conversation, and we touched briefly on um the book that she was working on, which, as it turns out, is released today. It's the official launch date of Amy's book, "How to Heal Yourself from Anxiety when no one else can and many of you may know and love Amy for her work already uh, she has several books out there and has been um she of course is uh, an expert in mind body healing um so just her official bio. Um, She's the best-selling author of the brand-new book, How to Heal Yourself from Anxiety When No One Else Can, and two other books. Um, As an expert in mind-body healing, she uses energy therapy techniques to help those experiencing emotional and physical challenges to move on and heal permanently and completely. She's on a mission to help people understand anxiety in a new way so they can heal it to the core, and she really does approach it differently. Um, I just was fascinated by what she said in the last show and then reading the book Um, really, it makes so much sense. So we'll talk all about that. Um, So Amy's been featured in CNN, The Huffington Post, CBS, Cosmopolitan, Washington Post, and more. And her books have been endorsed by New York Times bestselling author Elizabeth Gilbert. I'm sure you guys have heard of her from Eat, Pray, Love, Fame. Um, Vika Swarup from Slumdog Millionaire and other notable authors. She lives in New York City and teaches... At retreats and conferences nationwide, most importantly, she lives by her self-created motto, when life kicks your ass, kick back, which she has done in a big way. Um, the website is amybshare.com, and share is spelled S-C-H-E-R. So that's amybshare.com if you want to find out more. Um, so, Amy, welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. Thank you so much. I am so honored to be here on my launch day. just feels
2: like the perfect party.
1: Oh, we are so honored to be a part of it. Book release party. party, party. Good job, girl. Uh, And I think what you said before we came on air about, you know, I've said, because this is your third launch. So what is it like coming around a third time around?
2: Yeah, so I was saying that it's like, I don't have kids, so I don't know. But I think it's like the third kid where I'm kind of like, (laughs) okay, go out into the world book. Good luck. I hope you reach whoever you're supposed to. Like my first. My first book, I stressed. I, I couldn't sleep at night. My second book was a little better. I enjoyed it more. And the third one is like, I woke up this feeling like, go out into the world and go, go big. And it was just, it was more relaxing and more joyous, which I think, you know, those always work in equal proportion.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, we are so excited for you. And, you know, I just have to ask because, of course, um, the book that many people may know you from is How to Heal Yourself When No One Else Can. Um, and so I know... From having read your memoir as well, there were really a lot of layers and facets to your healing. Um, and I'm for those who aren't familiar with you, maybe maybe we should just give them a little bit of background on, you know, how you arrived at where you are with this current book. Because I wanted to ask specifically about this current book and why you chose to cover that topic. So if that makes sure. sense, sure. Okay, <laughs>
2: sure. So so I struggled for many many years with. Something called chronic Lyme disease. i had I was bitten by a tick unknowingly, and it transferred to me a bacteria that that caused me to to get Lyme disease. And I had many mysterious physical conditions over a period of years, and it took about seven years to get an accurate diagnosis of Lyme disease. And for those of you who don't know about a lot about Lyme disease, if you catch it early, and you take antibiotics, usually it's not a problem later. But the bacteria itself is kind of a sneaky, smart bacteria and it can penetrate muscles, it can penetrate bone marrow. So once mm-hmm. it gets really embedded into your system, it can be very hard to eradicate. And because Lyme disease has so many different symptoms from the headaches to flu like symptoms to you can it can even, you know, kind of manifest as as just pain in the body, even back pain, um, dizziness, like so many different things It can be hard to catch because it seems like so many different things. They call Lyme disease, a great imitator because mm. it can mimic many different conditions. And so by the time many people discover they have it, it's not easy to heal. Antibiotics don't work like they would have in the beginning. Right. So, um, I was on a very, very long journey to heal chronic Lyme disease, especially when the standard treatments were not working. And during that process, what I realized was that anxiety, which was acting as a stressor to my immune system and my nervous system, was a big part of what precipitated the the, the actual physical condition. Now, of course, I was bitten by a tick, I, I, was, I did test positive for the bacteria, but I believe from my own healing and from the work that I do now is that something wears the body down first. And I believe that's emotional baggage that we hold over years. So most people that are struggling with physical conditions can look back and see some emotional patterns that came before the physical condition. And that was sort of an epiphany for me. Um, Of course, only after I traveled not only all over the United States for treatment, but all the way to India for an experimental treatment. It took all of that for me to really realize that nothing was going to work until I addressed my emotional self in conjunction with my physical body. And so that's how I came to this work that is the basis of my books, which teaches people what I did to help release that old emotional baggage, anxiety, fear, worry, stress, all of that from the body so that we can really support our immune systems and our physical body.
1: Love that. Yeah. So um, just for purposes of our discussion in your book, how what is anxiety? Because the way that you have defined it and how you explain its origins is vastly different from anything I'd heard before, but yours resonates of truth in a way that nothing else had before. So can you tell us a little bit about how you define it?
2: Sure. So when I was in my teen teenage years, I knew that I had, you know, anxiety and I went to the, you know, I went to the doctor like you do when you're a teenager and I was put on medications and I was told that I was, I worried too much and that I was fearful. And of course those medications didn't work very well. And even when they worked, it wasn't complete, you know, it didn't completely heal me. And over time I sort of ended up with coping mechanisms and tried to wean off some of the medications and when i really got into discovering why this anxiety had sort of been with me my whole life i realized that anxiety isn't what we think and while i should put the you know should say the disclaimer that sometimes anxiety can be triggered by by medical issues so you should always check with your doc your doctor if you've explored option you know if you've explored making sure that physically you're okay and nothing you know nothing's going on there or you've tried everything like I did that doctors and psychologists have, had had you know tried to help me with and the anxiety is not gone then I think that you'll resonate with this this sort of this sort of concept of anxiety being suppressed emotional energy in the body which is my truth about anxiety and how I've helped so many people heal from anxiety when nothing else has worked because. The modalities out there today typically help suppress the feeling of anxiety, but don't deal with the root cause. Mm -hmm. And the root cause of anxiety, as I see it, is energy, emotional energy, emotional baggage stuck in our body that's trying to bubble up and come out. And when we suppress emotional energy, we feel anxious it feels like something bad is happening because it is we're using all of our all of our might essentially to keep our true feelings pushed down and stuffed into our body and when we do that we feel the the you know repercussion of that which is it needs to come up and out for us to feel calm and balanced and so that was my big discovery and this was after years and years of Taking different medications, going to different therapies, and, and, and looking at it from this perspective and understanding what was really causing it and then working to heal that was what completely and permanently healed the anxiety. And that's what I teach people now.
1: Yes, and I just want to share a quote from the book um, that I thought really um, articulates this beautifully. Anxiety comes from your body being in freakout mode, not because of what's happening outside of you, but because of what's stuck inside of you. While external circumstances outside of your control certainly may trigger you, that is not the actual origin of anxiety, um, which I always thought it was triggered by external circumstances, like being in a stressful job or having a, a, a dysfunctional relationship. But it just makes so much sense. So when you're talking about emotional energies or emotional baggage, I hear from a lot of folks that come through my office, you know, oh, they're just emotions. Like that, what, what, what really um, substantive thing could they do? But you talk a lot in the book about the power of emotions and how they can get stored in our cellular memory and i'm would you mind speaking a little bit about what emotions actually are and why they're so important to this work sure so yeah and i and i hear that too
2: well emotions are just emotions but there is a um, she, she actually passed away a few years ago but um candace pert phd wrote a book called molecules of emotion that is a far more um a far more detail than, than anything that I ever needed to understand as far as the science goes but mm-hmm. but the basis of it because I'm not hugely hugely um, into science but mm-hmm. it was very, very interesting to study her work because because what she essentially explains is that our emotions interact with with our brain and with our bodies at a cellular level and when those emotions, get stuck in the body they affect us physiologically they affect our nervous system they affect our brain they affect our our i mean just every way every way that our body functions and that that you know there's so there's there's so much more science sort of emerging in the last few years about how emotions you know affect affect our immune system and illness and how how they trigger issues with digestion and so many different things. And essentially what the, what the science is showing is that our emotions interact with every part of our body. It, they are not separate. We are not mind and body. We are mind-body.
1: Right. And when
2: you get that connection, you realize how, how important it is to deal with emotions, to have, to have balanced brain chemistry, to have um, a strong immune system, to have so many different sort of functions that we don't even think about. Um, and that was sort of the connection for me was I always thought I had anxiety and then I had a physical. Illness. <laughs> yeah. And we all understand how how our physical body affects our emotions, right? When we have a headache or when we have something go wrong, we know we can feel frustrated or scared or angry or worried. We all get it that way. But mm. if your physical body affects your emotional self, then it has to be that your emotional self also affects your body.
1: That makes so much sense. And I've never heard it put that way. But yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, You know, one of the other things that stood out to me, because having just recently uh, spoken with you and read your memoir um, for our past show together, you had a very beautiful childhood, a very loving family. um, And so I think it's important because I, I, I feel like a lot of people think, well, God, nothing really bad happened to me. I wasn't abused. My parents are still married or um, I didn't have any physical ailments. Like there, there wasn't any huge trauma in your life. So um, do you have to have some type of a trauma to have emotional baggage? Where does it even come from?
2: That's a great question. And I hear this all of the time from new clients, like nothing that bad ever happened to me. and, and, that's how I feel too. And it's like, how did I, how do I have, you know, relatives or friends or how do I hear these stories that people seem fine, even though they've had a huge trauma. <laughs> and here I am who had, you know, a privileged loving, you know, childhood and look, look how I struggled. And mm-hmm. so the answer to that is not what's happened in our life, but how we react to it that affects us. And so two people can have the exact same thing happen, but because we're so individual, one can take that in as trauma into their body and the other can just move on as if it never happened or that it did happen and it didn't affect them. Mm-hmm. And the way that I explain it in my book is a bit more from an energetic perspective where some of us, when we experience something stressful or upsetting, there's almost like a buzz, like a buzz and a short circuit in our energy system that causes us to have a negative reaction or relationship with that event. And it causes an imbalance in our energy system. And so when we go through life and anything reminds us of that event, even subconsciously, most of the time people don't realize that that event is getting triggered. Um, that that kind of thing can really imbalance the body and create anxiety. Now I should talk a little bit about trauma in terms of how I see it. I see just as many people that experience anxiety because of something, you know, some kid said in passing in first grade yeah. on the playground that, than I do with somebody who had, you know, a traumatic car accident or a parent died when they were young. So again, it's not what happened. It's who we are and our ability to deal with it when it happened. And that's the thing to remember. So there's no shame in having anxiety because things from your past affected you things from our past affect us and what affects one person is different than what affects another. And I think, you know, those of us, maybe some of us may have more of a propensity to get affected by certain things. I also think some of us who have maybe a natural personality that is more leaning toward type A and I can do everything and I'm strong and I'm a rock and, you know, really, really like lead, like people who are in leadership roles, people who get stuff done, who, mm-hmm. who, who do feel really strong and capable and and somebody you would think might not lean toward anxiety they they sometimes tend to more because they're so into do 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 mode take care of everything get everything that they don't pay a whole lot of attention to their emotions and then when things do come up or do upset them or a traumatic experience happens they don't deal with their feelings and that's i mean it sounds so oversimplified but all of this comes from not dealing with whether they're little feelings or big feelings, or, you know, no matter what caused those feelings, that's where anxiety comes from, not dealing with the feelings that you have.
1: Got it. Um, so before we go to our break, I just, I wanted to ask one other question, more around, well, your journey as well. Um, so I imagine you have a lot of folks who come to you and are are saying, you know, along the lines, like, why me? Why am I suffering from anxiety? And I, I what I understood from your book is that um that there may be a bigger purpose that they have not seen yet and, and that seemed to be the case in your situation and I wondered if you could just speak to that a little bit. Sure. And
2: and I have to I have to be honest with everybody that I completely understand this is the most annoying thing to hear when you don't feel good <laughs> and you're anxious. And and I just want to acknowledge that because I heard this from so many different people, you'll see one day why this makes sense or something great will come from it. And it couldn't have annoyed me more. But (laughs) now being on the other side, I can say that that I do believe that's true. Um, And for me, I mean, essentially having anxiety and having chronic Lyme disease and, and nothing being able to fix it, not even the best doctors in the United States, led me on a journey that not only helped me really come into the person that I am supposed to be, where I wasn't letting myself be before. I was a perfectionist. I was afraid of hurting people's feelings and I I didn't share my own feelings. And, you know, I mean, that wasn't how I was meant to be living, but I didn't have to, I wasn't forced to address that until nothing else worked. So, So certainly I feel more relaxed than I ever have, more the person I M than I ever have, which is so funny, because I never thought I'd be relaxed in that way. I used to worry about everything constantly, because I had anxiety. So that's, um, but but beyond that, I ended up going on this whole sort of trip around the world to heal myself, In which at the very end of it, I ended up meeting a woman who um, I fell in love with and became my wife. And mm-hmm. so biggest, by far, the biggest surprise of my life was certainly not looking for that or expecting that. But looking back i can see so many different connections with with people with places with with myself that i would not have had had i taken this journey and from where i am now of course i'm going to be 40 years old and my health really started to to grind, decline in my early 20s so now when i look back i can see most of my life i was getting to somewhere good i just didn't realize it and i hope even though that may be annoying um for people to hear that, you know, you're getting somewhere and there's a bigger purpose. I hope that, that, that it will provide a little bit of inspiration or faith that they may be headed in that direction
1: too. Yes, beautiful. And I, uh, as you were talking, it reminded me of another quote I wanted to mention, and we'll go to break after that, but um, that it, as part of your journey. So I realized that to heal permanently and completely, you must become who you really are. And you can't be who you really are when you're suppressing how you really feel. Um, and so when we come back from the break, we will learn a bit more about Amy's approach to healing anxiety now that we know more where it comes from. Um, so you are listening to Sunny in Seattle. I'm joined today by Amy B. Scher. Um Her latest book launched today, and it's one we're discussing here on the show today, How to Heal Yourself from Anxiety When No One Else Can. Oh, and I should mention, I forgot to do this earlier Um, We don't open up the phone lines as much anymore, um, but Amy has very generously agreed to take calls today. So if you are struggling with anxiety or know someone who is, um, she has helped, um, I imagine, Amy, thousands, how many thousands (laughs) of people now using your approach um, of working with folks? So uh, if you want to call in and talk to Amy if you have a question, the number is 888-298-5569. That's 888-298-5569 five five six nine and we will be back from our break in just a few minutes are you ready to get unstuck from a bad marriage and embrace your best life if you're anything like me you may have spent years creating a life that looks pretty good on paper there's just one problem your marriage is unhappy and unfulfilling but you're too scared to trade your comfortable life for a future full of unknowns in my new book unhitched I will give you the tools you need to make the right decisions about your marriage as well as the confidence that your future can be better and brighter than you can even imagine. I share my own very personal story, and I will guide you through a clear process that will enable you to answer the question, should I stay or should I go? It's a process that will help you tune out fears and unwanted advice, and instead tune into your own intuition and inner wisdom, as well as exit a marriage gracefully and feel secure about your future. Get ready to trade confusion and stagnation for your best life. Unhitched unlock your courage and clarity and unstick your bad marriage available for pre-order today on amazon.com ovarian cancer is devastating and difficult to diagnose it's often only caught in advanced stages and four out of five women will see the deadly disease return i knew when ovarian cancer recurs it's often incurable it was terrifying waiting for the other shoe to drop Until recently, following chemotherapy, women with recurrent ovarian cancer had to simply watch and wait for their disease to come back. Well, we say, not on my watch. Not on my watch. Not on my watch. Now, with maintenance therapies, women can extend their time in response and delay recurrence. Knowledge and awareness of your choices empowers you and gives you a greater sense of control. Let's call for a change in ovarian cancer care. The Not On My Watch movement empowers women facing recurrent ovarian cancer to take an informed and active role in managing their disease. Visit notonmywatch.com to learn more. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines.
0: We're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen.
1: Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1150 KKNW. And welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy. I am joined today um, by uh, Amy B. Scherr, one of my favorite authors. um, And her fabulous new book launches today, How to Heal Yourself from Anxiety When No One Else Can. Um, So before the break, we were talking with Amy about the origins of anxiety and I think some of the misperceptions out there about what really causes it and where it comes from. And so um, now as a continuation of that, We'll talk a little bit about Amy's approach to healing from anxiety. So we, over the break, Amy and I were chatting a bit, and one of the things, Amy, I wanted to bring us back in with to talk about is the role of potentially for pharmaceuticals um, and what your thoughts are on that, because I know it can be a touchy subject. I'm a huge fan of Dr. Kelly Brogan's work, um, and she wrote a book called A Mind of Your Own. Uh, she has a very different approach to depression and how to treat and heal from that. Um, and so I'm, you know, I have friends who have felt like their pharmaceuticals were a lifeline that saved their life, but I also am hesitant to um, really look at those from a long term perspective. Like they are, it feels to me like they're more of a band aid approach, not going to the root cause. And I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that, Amy.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for asking that. So I, too, am in the same boat where I know people whose medications have really, really helped them. And I also, of course, more often, just because of the line of my work, hear from people that that medications have done nothing for them. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to remember that everybody's really individual and that we do what feels best for us. But my perspective is that medications, if needed, can provide great relief while we do the inner work to really heal heal the core of whatever is going on. So unless there's something going on um, like adrenal fatigue or something like that, that can trigger anxiety and, you know, something medical that needs medical attention, then I think it's really, really a sound approach to to, if you choose to take medication or need medication, to dig deeper and do, the deeper work to actually heal the core instead of only counting on the medication long-term to sort of hold those feelings in place or down. And I should say, even for something, in my opinion, where where the medical condition is triggering anxiety, something like low adrenal can often do it. Like I said, I work with so many people who have adrenal fatigue, and adrenal fatigue is one of those things where – stress and emotional baggage contributes to it. So even with a medical condition that may be triggering or highlighting anxiety, it's so important to look at what's really there, what's stressing your body, what's under it. And Mm -hmm. so again, no shame for people who need or want to to take medication, but I don't see it as a long-term, I see it as two different things. I see medication as helping you cope and doing the deeper
1: emotional healing as helping you so I see it as two two sort of different tracks, if that makes sense. It absolutely does. And, you know, while we are mentioning depression, I feel and this could just be my perception, but it feels like depression and anxiety can often go hand in hand. And I was curious, you know, does your approach work when it comes to depression or is that a whole different animal? Yeah, so depression can come from some
2: different, some more specific energies. Whereas I feel like anxiety can be Any energy, any emotional energy, Mm. such as like anger, frustration, or whatever, that causes anxiety. Um, Depression can come from just, in general, suppressing emotions. But it comes from some more, as I see it most of the time, more specific emotions or feelings like heaviness believing you have to carry the burdens of others. There are some things that I see as more of a weighted energy mm-hmm. than a sort of spastic energy is how I see anxiety. So I see depression a little bit different, but they do go hand in hand because what happened, what can happen when you suppress your emotions for long enough and push them down and push them down, you get really good at depressing your emotions or becoming sort of numb to them. And that's where depression can come in. So they do go, hand in hand but the symptomology is usually quite different okay One, I- if someone with anxiety feels jumpy and unable to relax and somebody with depression feels more numb and closed off so slightly different but it's you know what all emotional energy is good to release and it can affect
1: so many areas of your life that you don't even realize it's negatively impacting. right that makes a lot of sense um, so, in talking about your approach, there are five parts outlined in the book. Um, five main parts to your approach. Do you mind going through those? The, the overview of, of what all you lead people through. Sure. So the first uh, the first part of the approach is calming
2: the body down, and what happens with the body is that it gets into freak out mode, which we talked about a little bit. Um, and that's essentially your fight, flight or freeze response or your nervous system freaking out because it's holding on to so much. Mm-hmm. So A lot of people think of this as the fear response and it is the fear response. It's your body being freaked out, but it, it essentially can be because you had trauma that included fear or just because your body's like, what's going on? There's all these bubbling up emotions inside, and that can throw you into fight flight. So Mm -hmm. the first part of my book talks about calming and retraining your body to bring that fight flight or or freeze response down so that your body can feel calm, because most people with anxiety know it's not just all in your head. It's definitely in your body, too. And so we want to work with the body to keep the body calm and retrain it to be chilled out instead of freeze out. So Mm -hmm. that's part one part two of my book talks about dealing with your feelings. And again, we talk about the simplicity of this, like simply just dealing with the feelings that you never deal with makes a huge impact on anxiety, but it's hard to deal with your feelings without releasing the feelings from your body. So I'll get a lot of people who come to me and say, but I've been talking to my therapist for 15 years and (laughs) I've been dealing with my feelings and sometimes talking will help. But most of the time, we need to actually release that energy. We need to release the emotions from our body, not just talk about them. Okay. So part two gives you some energetic techniques to actually move the energy of emotions out of your body. And then part three is releasing stuck emotions from the past. So this is where, um, where in the book we go back and we start to clear out the old stuff that's stuck because any old stuff that's stuck from earlier in our lives basically can trigger get triggered at any time and so when you were saying before you always thought you know external circumstances were anxiety external circumstances trigger anxiety but but they're they're they come from inside and how we how we store those old experiences and how we relate to Mm them and then part four is clearing unprocessed um Oh, sorry. Clearing, I, I went a little bit of a, out of order. You'd think I'd have this so, oh, so, no. <laughs> um, so down. Well, I put you on the spot. Um,
1: so I'm releasing sorry. Stuck
2: of, releasing stuck emotions in the body. And then part four is clearing experiences. So, stuck emotions can get in, stuck in your body from a little bit here, a little bit there. But part four is really about clearing un, unprocessed experiences as a, as a whole. And unprocessed experiences mean you went through a hard time and your body didn't process it out. So, we're mm-hmm. going back to clear that, you know. Time you got you got in trouble and somebody told you you were stupid, or that time that you got really scared when you know mom and dad were were taking you on a road trip over a bridge, and now you're still scared of bridges. So it's sort of dealing with the, with experiences as a whole. And then part five is changing harmful beliefs, and beliefs are essentially negative affirmations, something that we repeat over and over, like I'm not good enough, or um, life is dangerous, or it's unsafe to express my feelings so those are the kinds of beliefs that i walk people through clearing because when we believe something we feel that it's true and we go through life sort of repeating that and seeing the world through those beliefs and so once we clear some of those beliefs it really helps to calm the body down and give us just a really good perspective change.
1: yeah and i i'm going to go a little out of order here because since we were just talking about the the final step of clearing those harmful beliefs I was so delighted to see in your book, um, I'm a huge fan of Bruce Lipton, he's been on the show before, and I. but I have to tell you, when I read Biology of Belief, and I heard for the first time, we've got, of course, the conscious mind and the subconscious mind, and the subconscious mind is responsible for about 95% of what we are doing and saying um, throughout our lives, um, and so that's a pretty powerful part of our mind, but that our subconscious basically, since we're in a slow brainwave state, ages zero, zero through seven, we are absorbing a lot. And you may not have absorbed totally healthy, functional thinking. Um, and so I was, I was so fearful because I thought, well, gosh, if we have those subconscious beliefs... And he talked about how there are very, you have to be pretty deliberate in your efforts to rewire or reprogram the subconscious. And I love that you provided a brand new, I, this was not a, a technique that I was aware of, way to basically reprogram the subconscious. And it was such a gentle, doable way. And I thought, oh, this is amazing. I use Byron Katie's system of inquiry or you know mm-hmm. dissolving painful limiting beliefs but it feels like that is more conscious that's a more conscious effort so the fact that you've come at it from the subconscious perspective and you talk a lot about the subconscious i was just really delighted and fascinated do you do you mind speaking to that a little bit yeah sure so so what happens is these these beliefs are stored in
2: our subconscious mind and a lot of technique use a conscious approach like positive affirmations to reprogram the mind. But when I was healing, I was like, I don't trust my conscious mind. Look, <laughs> what, look what, where this led me. And so I actually created a script, which is called, it's called the sweep technique, which helps sweep beliefs out of the subconscious mind, like with a broom. Um, and the technique, and I think this is the one you're referring to, mm-hmm. I played along, played around with the specific wording of every single line of it to speak to the subconscious mind and to work to make the subconscious mind feel calm enough, accepting enough to change these old programs. So essentially it's a reprogramming technique and it's not hypnosis at all, but it works in a similar manner where it sort of, the technique sort of sneaks in and like changes things very gently and sort of bypasses the conscious mind, which would totally fight it if you tried to involve the conscious mind so much. So like, so like, for example, what can happen with affirmations is if, let's say you have a, you know, you have a harmful belief that the world is unsafe, which can definitely one of the big ones I see that causes anxiety. Um, And all day you're trying to say the world is safe, the world is safe. Meanwhile, all day you're seeing the news, you're, you're looking through the lens you've always looked through. In the back of your mind, what's going to happen every time you try to convince yourself that the world is safe is your, your body's going to go or your brain's going to go? No, it's not. Look what I just saw on the news. No, it's not. Remember what happened to me when I was five? No, it's not. And essentially, when you're trying to force the subconscious mind into believing something new, you have to be tricky about it because otherwise, the part of you that doesn't believe it will sort of reinforce the thing you're trying to let go of. Does right. that make sense? Yes, Absolutely. And so the sweep is a very gentle, yet slightly tricky technique that we use. It has very gentle, calming wording. Sometimes my clients um, half fall asleep while I'm doing it. And I always have to say, are you still there? Because um, we do phone work. Um, but essentially, that technique really works to just gently encourage the subconscious mind to change the programming and accept a new belief. So at the end of the sweep technique, we install a brand new belief. Um, Or in brand new energy that's healthier than the one we release. So we're kind of going, okay, we're going to take this old thing away, but we're going to give you something else, and this it just works so well, especially when nothing else has worked.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, I have to say I don't identify as having anxiety, but I certainly have had points in my life where I felt anxious about certain things. So I'm just saying, for me personally, even though um, it's not something that I identify with right now, I plan to keep this book by the side of my bed. Um, of course, I read it at, in, in one sitting basically to, to get not, to get ready for our interview, well, not one sitting, but over the course of a couple of days. But um, I wanted to go back to a lot of the techniques, and I'm saying this because I think that this, this is applicable, not just if you have anxiety. Um, I, I, a lot of the techniques, well, two things, as an overarching principle, what I love about your book, and you say this, and I see it now, having gone through it, that you don't need someone else to be in charge of your healing like this really is you put the power in the reader's hands with the techniques that you have and of course there may be times when you need when you desire facilitation with someone else and that's fine but you've given people a handbook to do this and empower them to do it on their own at their pace in ways that feel intuitively comfortable to them and i am really i tried some of the techniques myself as i was going through it but i want to give them more time so that is an overarching... Well, it, Do you want to say anything about that, Amy, actually, on the that it's really an empowering book?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, and I talk about this in the beginning of the book, that what happens is when we don't feel well, when we have anxiety, and we believe that we need that doctor, that therapist, mm-hmm. that medication to help us, that only perpetuates anxiety because we feel more out of control not being able to be empowered. And so this book, really helps you to have the tools for yourself. And I want to say about this book that, that the techniques in it, I am like the most impatient person ever. You don't have to sit on your bed for hours a day crying through these and using these (laughs) techniques. Like this is not therapy. This is not, it's not like therapy. It's very different. The techniques that I created and that I included in this book are things you could do for five to 20 minutes at a time and really make a difference. Like This is not something that you need hours and hours a week to do just a few minutes a day of kind of chipping away at clearing those old emotions out and, you know, changing some of the old beliefs is really, really adequate. And for people thinking, well, I don't even know what emotions are stuck and I don't even know what beliefs are stuck. I've got you covered. I have five pages of the most common beliefs that I find with people with anxiety. And I teach you exactly how to figure out which emotions from your Are stuck, so I really do walk walk the reader through it and just make it easy because I feel like that you know so many of the the sort of healing approaches that I tried were so heavy, were so serious, were so hard and so complicated. And I take a really I hope this came across in the book, but I take a really lighthearted approach, like lighten up. You can't do it wrong. Do five minutes at a time. You're golden. Like I really really reassure everybody throughout that you can't go wrong and that every every five minutes is, is a healing opportunity.
1: Yeah, and that's another thing. I will just reiterate what Amy is saying from my experience with the book myself. Um, so a lot of her techniques involve um, adaptations of EFT, um, which I'm sure many listeners are aware of. Um, you've created chakra tapping. There's some thymus testing and tapping, of course, the sweep we talked about. But the thing is, I – there. For example, Donna Eden's work—I know you reference in the book—and I adore Donna. She's been on the show, but when I take her energy, the the handbook that she has, I don't know where to begin, and it feels very—it's—it um, feels overwhelming to me. So I just put the book away and I don't do any of the practices. And Same <laughs> with EFT; it just feels very complicated. You did such a fabulous job of distilling out super simple, and of course adapted based on your own healing techniques. It just couldn't be more straightforward and approachable, Amy. And I just really have to commend you on it for someone like me. This is why I want to keep the book on my bedside table, is because these were very simple techniques that even as I was just reading to prepare for this interview, I was excited to try them and they were so easy. (laughs) So, anyway. That's
2: so good to hear because I did what I did in this book is I didn't include everything I could ever teach, I really included only what you need to know to feel better. And I think. That that goes a long way, especially for those of us that tend toward being anxious. Sometimes we look at something that's overcomplicated, and we just you do what you do, and we close it and we walk away because we can't deal with one more thing that feels overwhelming. And so, you know, the, I I'm so glad that came across in the book, and that was my
1: my big goal for it. It absolutely did. Amy. And so for anybody else out there listening, of course, the book is How to Heal Yourself from Anxiety When No One Else Can. But as I mentioned before, even if you don't have anxiety. I'm really curious um, about some, I know that I've got, I actually did, um, there's also an element of muscle testing in the book, which I know most of our W listeners are familiar with. Um, So uh, if, I mean, if you want to talk about that, awesome, Amy, if you want to give a little explanation, but I will say, you know, I just using the basics um, from your book and doing some muscle testing, I do have some uh, emotions that need to be cleared. I do have some unprocessed experiences and I'm really excited to spend more time with it to figure out what I need to release, even though it's not affecting... uh, Well, I don't see it in a conscious way that it's really affecting me or creating intense anxiety. So I think this applies to everyone. Um, Yeah, so since I mentioned... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Amy.
2: Oh, yeah, I just wanted to say on that note that I I appreciate you saying that because the idea is to do this stuff before we really, really need it, right? (laughs) Like, that's the whole concept of dealing with your feelings. We all have stuff, stuff from the past. Even if you don't have anxiety, but you have a tendency to feel a little bit nervous when you don't know what's going to happen in life. Like maybe you're not great with uncertainty, like a new job or a move. I mean, that's a form of, that is a form of anxiety. You don't have to be, you know, disabled from anxiety Mm -hmm. in your life to use a book like this. It's, it's sort of, I think sometimes about just dealing with the little things so that they don't turn into big things. And a lot of times I'm have to come speak to groups with kids and that's what we're doing essentially is teaching them when they're they're 10 years old or even as young as five years old how to deal with their feeling feeling so they don't have to read a book like this when they're older so it's just a great book and techniques for emotional health before anything gets so imbalanced that you you end up like you know you end up like me with with major problems not that not that that's something to be scared of but when I look back it was like oh well if I would have just kind of face things as I went along. This would have gone very different.
1: Yes, yes. Well, I mean, I'm sorry for the pain that you had to go through, but I'm so glad that you're out the other side to be able to share what you are so that now we have your approach to help other people. And that's such a fabulous point to be able to use these techniques so it doesn't become a debilitating issue or physical manifestation at some point. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, Amy, we've got like two minutes left, maybe. I've got many more questions that I can ask here. But I just wanted to see, is there anything that we haven't covered that you wanted to make sure we mentioned today? I don't think so. Can I share a quick um, technique with everybody to start feeling
2: better right now? Please. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to give a really quick kind of, kind of technique. So this is actually part of a technique that I teach in the book. But under your collarbone on either side of the middle, midline of your neck, if you tap directly under your collarbone and you take a few deep breaths, this is a point that's associated with fear in the body. And so when you're feeling fearful, a really good trick is to tap this point and tell your body quietly. You can do it in your mind or out loud. Let go, let go, let go to start just giving your body permission to let go of the fear or the worry or the anger, or whatever you've been holding on to. It's also a really calming thing to do if you're having a, an anxiety attack to clear, to, to clear, you're essentially tapping on an acupuncture point, um, which is affecting an energy pathway in your body that clears old energy. And So that's just a little quick tri- trick trick. For those of you out there who are new to energy work or don't know, this is a tapping point we use in EFT, emotional freedom technique. But most people don't think of using just one of the one of the tapping points alone. So that's a a little shortcut, but if you just tap that and repeat sort of the mantra of let go, let go, let go, it's signaling to your body and your nervous system to let go of that stress or energy that's causing you to be in freakout
1: mode. Oh, that's perfect, yes. And that was one of the ones, um, when I did that, um, yeah, I, that was one of the ones I practiced with as I was going through the book. So thank you perfect. for sharing that so people have a takeaway as we send them off into their uh, snow apocalypse weekend here in Seattle. Really? Stay safe, everybody. <laughs> yeah, so you've been listening to Sunny in Seattle. I was joined today by the incredible Amy B. Share her newest book, How to Heal Yourself from Anxiety When No One Else Can is available today on Amazon and in major bookstores. Her website is amybshare.com, and share is S-C-H-E-R. That's amybshare.com if you want to find out more and maybe attend one of her live events. Uh, So thank you so much, Amy, for being here today. Thank you so much. Okay, everybody, take care. Sunny Joy signing off.